Tonight, we welcome the shape-shifting orchestral rock band Battle Hooch to the stage at the Phoenix Theater. Battle Hooch is based in San Francisco and has been a band for nearly 10 years. Tonight, we'll learn more about the individuals behind the music, as well as celebrate and explore what Battle Hooch has meant to them as we approach their big 10-year anniversary. Please welcome to the program the spirited young men of Battle Hooch. Absolutely. Hello. Welcome. Hey, what up? My God. Hello. Uh, I believe uh, the viewers should know if they're not watching but listening. There are cigars. There is a card game. We can get the card game going, by the way, if you want to. Big money. The house is taking $5 a pot. Absolutely. (laughs) Ben, cut that. Before we started recording, uh, you talked about different personas that Battle Hooch does in the van. Um, This is interesting to me. Are these personas that the individuals have? These are are grotesque... uh, kind of abstractions of the types of people that we see when we're out on, on the road. Okay. Like, f- for example, there's a, there's a character that we have named Travis, who, and Travis's job is that he goes from town to town doing various types of business meetings, conferences and stuff, but he loves food, and he's all about eating food, and he's all about like going to like the, the cheapest but grimiest restaurant and like lining the pockets of his jacket with like plastic so that he could put like tartar sauce and like fried chicken in his pocket. Oh, I got some more of that tartar sauce. Yeah, yeah. He brings a smoker with him like when he, you know, so he like is smoking a lamb in his hotel room like while he's at his conference so that he could, you know, late night, the late night lamb smoke. And, and this individual, is this an overweight individual? Well, yeah. Yes. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. <laughs> just trying to paint a picture. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, he he sweats a lot. He's a loud talker. He's he's very boisterous. Uh, am I, am I, am I, he loves shrimp too. He's yeah, a shrimp guy. He's a wow. big big fan of shrimp. He would have loved the old uh, what was that? Uh, all the shrimp you could eat at Sizzler. For- yeah. Exactly. Lo- oh, oh he loves that's, deals. That's why they don't do that anymore. He has like one of those like you know like frequent you know like you know he has like the five hundred dollar gift certificate to the Cheesecake Factory. You know like sometimes when you go to Safeway and they have those things, you're like, who would buy that? Travis. Like, see, that's that's kind of how the character that's came about. Is, is like, who is the person that is indulging in like the all you can eat, you know, like lobster buffet at Sizzler? So to provide some context, then when you are traveling far uh, away to, to tour, you probably get into character. You probably do some voices for uh, an individual such as this. And yeah. You have a little yeah. bit of fun. What does this individual sound like? You do Travis usually. Yeah. Okay. So, so go ahead and give him. He's like, oh, oh man, oh, they had they had the, these ribs with barbecue sauce at the. Oh my god. And I got a little bit on my chin, and then I well, then I decided that I wanted to save it, so I took took the barbecue sauce that I put it into a cup, and I put the cup in the refrigerator, and then later on when I'm driving down the car, I'm like, oh, I can have my barbecue sauce now. <laughs> I, you know, I got one that I do. I don't know her name, um, but she just says fuck a lot. Uh-huh. She's like, oh my fucking god. Oh, that's Madison. Fuck. Yeah. Madison. That's Mad. Yeah, well, there's that, Madison. The female Madison. Yeah, yeah, there's Madison and Madison and her husband Madison. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, really? We have a we have a, a it's you sort have of a yuppie of person. Yeah, she's um, just they're a couple. My fucking god, yeah. you guys are so fucking good. And she's always disappointed <laughs> with like the sushi. Yeah. She's like, like you, you know, the, the occasional yeah, no, vocal cry. I mean, she, my god, she, she's been living inside <laughs> me for years. She's uh, Travis's daughter, right? And then boy Madison right. works for Travis <laughs> and loves Travis, right. and it really drives girl <laughs> Madison crazy. Right. right. Yeah. 
Our Madison is um, like this couple is very asexual. Okay. Um, and it yeah, might be a trophy relationship. Muted. Yeah, they're they're yeah. It's, it's who's who's the couple that you two do? Hank and, Hank Judy. and, Judy. Yeah, Hank and yeah. Judy. Let's hear more about Hank and Judy. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> and so Battle Hooch is on tour. They're driving yeah, to uh, Reno. It's actually, a long drive. Actually, that's with how Hank we came up Judy. with Hank and Judy. I had a um, feeling about that. It was um, it's an elderly it was on couple. That highway, elderly couple. And Hank has lost his vision, and he's lost his in hearing, Korea. and he's lost his sense of touch. But Judy is so excited about all the like you know the roadhouse uh, antiques and stuff. What does she sound like? She goes, "Oh, Hank, look at this! Isn't this gorgeous?" <laughs> and then Hank will do something like. Who's talking? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Yeah. And so they're they're a good great foil for each other, and they, there is love there. Um, there's a lot of love. How, there. Long, oh, have been, how long have they been married? <laughs> it's not gonna oh, mushy. Um, well, since before Korea, so. Um, and he bringing that up that? again. He was in the war, right? Oh yeah, he okay. was in. Uh, Hank was in the. Well, Korean she was a nurse. War. Hey, by the way, I think that I did. I win. I think I won. I oh no, no, you, you got a card game house. going on Damn right it. here. I thought, okay. Tom, do you have any uh, characters that you like to play or that you uh, create in your head such as these <laughs> that could join the party? <laughs> I, I, I use them daily. Okay, well, give, give us one example. Give us one example. I can't even think of one right now. The problem is that when it comes out, it may be tough to get oh, back out. in. Yeah, yeah. Well, but see, you're talking more about characters that you play as opposed to these sort of uh, impersonations. Well, well uh, we do have a character. A you should know we have a character that blurs the line because we're really not sure if our bass player... Is actually Sven from Sweden. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's always calling up Starbucks. <laughs> he's the newest addition. Yeah, yeah. Sven from Sweden. You never know which one's Sven. more real, Grant or Sven. <laughs> and could we maybe get a little voice from him? Well, you'd probably have to crank call a bar because that's yeah, how he, that's how he operates. I crank. Do you want I, me to prank call a bar right now? I, well, I can call a couple phone? bars the, that have <laughs> fucked us in the past. Or, you, you or, do, do you want to do it right now? Do you want to do it right now? Yeah. Yeah. We should call one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you call him Yeah, call him <laughs> What should I say? Gustav yeah, from Spain. Yeah, usual. Yeah. The normal, you know. The Sven. Yeah. Hello, this is Sven from Sweden. How are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm good. Uh, is the uh, owner, bouncer, slash sound guy there? Is, I'm sorry, who? The uh, owner, bouncer, slash sound guy. Uh, no, he's not here. Okay, I, can you help me? I'm in the bathroom and there's no more toilet paper. <laughs> can you send in uh, someone? Yeah, sure, they're on their way. Okay, I'll call back. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. She was like happy to hear from yeah. you. You could tell. You could tell that she knew exactly who you were. But she was. She was like, oh, awesome! Like the little the moment in my day. She was expecting you to order a mai tai to go in your Uber. Yeah, Yeah, sometimes Sven calls and asks. Coffee and yeah, creams. Yeah. Like if you have Starbucks. It's not particularly Swedish have. sounding though. It's yeah, kind of Indian know. almost. It's like Irish Indian. Well, Jamaican. he's of mixed descent. Did this venue hurt uh, Battle Hood? Well, no. We had one. Of, I think we had maybe our worst no probably not our worst gig but Tied top five worst. top five was it because of their treatment of you yeah it was, it was I mean, I mean was like, we don't really want to like you know no, don't no, want to no, talk too gonna, much we're gonna bleep yeah. the name of the establishment oh okay uh, well okay. basically yeah. it was just I mean it, it was run by yeah I mean the whole show well, we'll bleep that out too I'm gonna bleep that word out too <laughs> it was just like one, you know like okay so sometimes venues put the mixing board you know for, for the show like behind the stage yeah. which is the stupidest thing ever. 
Exa- example A, you know, example B, the, the only person that was allowed to touch the mixing board was the door guy. So if we ever wanted to adjust anything, we had to stop playing, go outside, get the, get the door guy. <laughs> and, and, it was, and it was just horrible. And then, and then at the end of the night, we had to like harass the guy like over and over again to get paid. After like the fifth or sixth time, he just went crazy on Tombo, started like, Poor you know, sh- shoving him. I had like, it's like the first time in my life I've ever had to separate two people. And, <laughs> and he like, we were asking for some money. He gave us, he's like, he's like, if you guys need money, here's 20 bucks. And Tombo <laughs> took the money and ripped it up and threw it in his face. And then the guy was like, throw these fuckers out. Like, oh, see, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so it was happened. like a horrible here's gig, <laughs> but, but we got, See, we got a that, sound bite. That's actually kind of like like our criteria. It's like a gig is not totally bad unless we get a quote out of it. It's like if we can get a quote out of it, then it's like, okay. Do we have any other characters that we would like to share with the world? There's Mark Dunn. Oh, yeah, Mark He's done, dude. Yeah, he just, yeah. He's done. He's over. He's given up. Mark yeah. Dunn is he's the guy who, here, who is playing the gig. He's on like the, 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 you know, the 40th. Night, straight night of gigs, playing gigs, and he's playing a terrible gig in some small town. Nobody's there. He's about to play his first chord, and he just goes, "I'm done, dude. I'm, I'm done. I just, I just can't do this anymore. I, I, we, we try so hard, and then we, we play these songs, and nobody cares, dude. And I, I'm done, dude. I'm done. I'm so done." Well, is he a sympathetic character, or is he? Oh yeah, yeah. We're all he's sympathetic. We're we've all, we've all been Dunn. there. Yeah, all musicians are Mark Dunn at some point in there. In their career. The goal is to be Mark Dunn as little as possible. Oh, yeah. That's goal number one as a musician. Well, yeah. when you compared the music industry to gambling, I thought that was a really good comparison. What, what I said was, we were talking about my show booking here at the Phoenix over the last nine years, and I said sometimes I do a lot, sometimes I do a little, because right. all it is is just glorified gambling. Yeah. You like you, you hit a big one, and you're like, fuck yeah. yeah it's I'm going to do a show a week, whatever. That's why and you keep you, doing it. And yeah. then you lose 5000 and you're like, well, that is uh, a 5000 I don't have. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, like, I'm really, I'm done. <laughs> See? Yeah. And, the, then, the, and the then you're like, done, dude. Boomer bust. You guys have been a band for nine or ten, or almost ten years, yep. and humor has always played a big role in your in your friendship and in your band and all that. But you know, um, the country's changed a lot in ten years, and like characters and things that you would joke about back then are not really fit for public consumption anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that we are the most inappropriate characters. Perfect. I don't know if we have any sacred cows. I mean, everything's fair game. Yeah. Everybody should hear it, too. I mean, this is yeah. a dirty, real country we live that's in. That's true, but people are much more... Uh, I should say, people are much more afraid to go out on a limb with their comedy, I think. Because it, we seem to be going through a period where people... Uh, there, there's more uh, offense, whether real or feigned. Everybody's trigger-happy. Like, it doesn't really happen to us, because, yeah, like Grant's saying, I don't think that we ever, like, say anything too provocative. Or, like, you know, if we do, it's kind of... I don't know, like maybe uh, the, the, the poetry and the lyrics are kind of uh, impressionistic enough that it's like, it's not overt. It's not like hitting you over the head with a sledgehammer. Like this is like a political thing. You kind of keep it straight in your lyrics. You know yeah. what I mean? It seems like you, the, the people in the band uh, probably, there's a lot more comedy in the, in the uh, associations you have and like the social interactions you have than in the music itself. Would you say that's true or no? Yeah, we got to entertain ourselves. I mean, it's one of the things that keeps us going this long. Uh, and doesn't necessarily come out in our music, but it's just uh, how we get a rise out of each other in the van. Here, here I'll, I'll say this. I think that um, 
Oh, I had such an articulate thing to say. I just totally <laughs> forgot it. Um, Don't worry, I got it. Um, so, no. <laughs> no, no, no. What are you going to say? I was going to say, honestly, I think that we are not really a, a band that stands in opposition to something, which a lot of bands are. They're sort of revolutionaries or they're trying to, you know, stand against something, but I don't think we are. And so I think that we are not really like a, you know, we don't push too many people's buttons in that way and people don't get very upset for that reason because I think we're pretty inclusive. Without like getting too much into the whole like, you know, discussion of privilege and that whole slippery slope, I think that we all kind of recognize, like none of us very naturally have like that kind of, that kind of a voice, that confrontational, you know, like kind of like, I'm gonna make a, you know, revolutionary type voice. So we, it doesn't feel right to kind of like make these kinds of statements. But I think that what we, what we do is that by being a band that's like so idiosyncratic and so going against what is like mainstream, and, and just being very much our own thing, we, we, uh, we create a safe space for similar types of, you know, like that's kind of the ideal that I like to think about is that it's like if people listen to us, they're inspired to do things that are outside of the boundaries. And that could be like, you know, that can inspire them to do revolutionary acts if they really want, but it could just be, it could just inspire them to be creative Or also. just to go home and have great sex. Yeah. But you guys, you guys do have that sound. You have a sound that is, is actually very welcoming and very open. Your, uh, your arrangements are so lush for crying out loud, but they're also, I think it's going to put most of your audience in a pretty safe zone. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful stuff you guys are playing. Thanks. Thank you. Do you think Thank their you. song, Thank their you. music is good to have sex to? I would think that uh, there's a couple people that could fall in love out on the floor while that, you guys are that playing. Has, that that is happening. Oh, yeah. Actually, Absolutely. when we played in January, these people came to see us play, and they're like, "This is our six-month anniversary, yeah. and we met at one of your shows." So we like, you know, we came here, you I, know, for our yeah. anniversary. Isn't I know another cool? couple who um, who met, and I've been maybe dating for two years, and that first night. It was their first time meeting, and they took me to a strip club after the show. Far out. Got me some tequila. <laughs> I mean, so just the I mean, yeah, there's yeah. something about what the vibe that we create that lets people jump in, you know? And uh, there's you, not, all, not every band is, is like that. You're answer. also not like a tenacious D, you know? Yeah. Like, like comedy is important to you as individuals, right. but you take the music seriously. And not, yeah, that they yeah. do, not that they don't, but the point of your stuff is not to be like, I'm going to make the audience laugh. Like, you're not a stand-up comedy band, yeah. which a band like that, I think, would have to be more careful. You guys can kind of bunker box whatever inappropriate humor or fun in between the guys talk you want to do. It's not a part of the act. Yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah, but right. it is something we all have to be cognizant of because we want to be sensitive of people. We don't, we don't want our stuff to harm anyone. Um, but what's interesting about you guys is you did a, an interview now four years ago with SF Weekly, and one of you said, I don't remember, or no, uh, last name Hurlbut. Whose last Tom, name is Hurlbut? Tom. Hey, Tom. Tom said, because our earlier beginnings were much more wild, we kind of have a reputation of being silly, ridiculous, and, and off the wall. And a lot of people listened to you initially and maybe didn't come back to see what was to follow that vibe. Um, right. That was the point that you made. Um, it seems like the band has shapeshifted. You use that word a lot in interviews. This, this is a band that has shapeshifted. Uh, was silliness and humor more of a thing earlier in this? <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's like looking back on it, I think we can have a different perspective on it. I think, I think honestly at the time it, maybe it just felt like the right thing. And, and now when I look back at it and, and kind of like the types of onstage antics and the masks and the jumping around and stuff, I think part of it was just, we weren't, um, we weren't yet fully comfortable in our own skin 
as an as a new entity you know mm -hmm. and i think that we didn't we also didn't know who we were as individuals and so i think that that was sort of an explorative process that everybody got to see like people that were that have known us since the beginning that have seen that transformation i think that yeah i mean i think that's what's to be gathered is that i mean we, we were just fresh you know it takes Still time green. it takes time to find your voice in it and you know we've <clears throat> progressed a long way from those early days for sure I also think that sometimes people don't know how to react to music that's joyous, you know? And that was kind of like our early sound was just like this kind of ecstatic, just shooting in all directions, kind of just like, Wah! you know, we just had so much fun and we would, you know, do ridiculous things when we played. And then we would have certain songs that were like, for lack of a better term, kind of zany. And I think that in our minds, yeah, we were doing like this thing that was like very nuanced and there was lots of different shades, but like what ended up coming across was like the, the really silly songs, you know, or like when people would kind of like try to put a, uh, be like, oh, this band is blah, blah, blah. What they would think about is like the, the antics. They're and, fun. Well, yeah. part, part of it is when we were trying to get our name on the map, we would play on the streets. And so a lot of people would catch us on the street. Um, <laughs> and we were very experimental in that scenario. And we, we would throw out, uh, What's that game called where <laughs> we used to have that mat? Uh, twist. Yeah, we used to put twister mats on the ground. Oh. We'd wear masks and we had capes yeah. and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and so people would get a first impression and their thought of us as uh, jumping around in masks and they didn't hear any songs. They just saw the spectacle. Which, and I know you get something to say, but which is in, in the moment was great because it was like the way that you'd get people to pay attention to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, yeah. if you're on the street and there's a bunch of street musicians, say, in where you went to school um, on the street. Or New York. You know, uh, you're trying to stand out. And so anybody even noticing what you're doing is great. But then if that starts to be what you're known for, that gets old kind of fast. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had to confront that being a street band versus being a legit yeah. band. So it felt like when you did that interview in 2012, this was sort of, you were confronting this a little bit. You were sort of like, hey, you know, reset button people who haven't checked in for a while. We, we aren't just a zany band. We, we, the, we've changed. It's been five years since we played um it's now 2016 do you feel like the band has evolved much since 2012 or do you feel like in 2012 you kind of came became what you are now ben wants to say something i could hear him um yeah i think that's actually a really interesting point and i would say you know thinking back 2012 the music we still play a lot of the music that we kind of wrote around then and i would say the main difference between then and now has been more about just better craftsmanship and being able to sort of do yeah perform better and play the music better and kind of take care of all the details but i do think that like that we are still in that vein that we kind of set out then that's a really interesting uh question i i kind of think that the way that I think about it is that I, when we first started out, I think that we were like making a conscious effort to be at, like to push it and to be different and to like not do something, you know, not, not go the easy route. And how old was everybody when they formed this band? 18? No, we were 
I mean, we've been playing early together. Early 20s. Yeah. Early 20s. We've been playing together in various incarnations since we were in our, you know, late nice. teens. Yeah. And now almost in your 30s and maybe some in your 30s. Yeah, no, yeah, we're, we are, we're, all, we're a 30-year-old band. We are plus. solidly yeah. I mean, and, and the fascinating thing about this this band and, and what we're setting out to do here is it's like not only have you as individuals changed in nine years, but the band has changed. Mm-hmm. And what an incredible thing to keep nine or six people together over nine years yeah. with change and what was important to you then isn't important to you now and it's and sure. six it's just a messy messy process yeah and it's it, it's actually very commendable that in the changing landscapes of your lives you've been able to keep this project moving forward and still creating music yeah it feels good you know like we have friends that you know have started and ended bands and like during the course of our band lifetime and it's like you know we're still there i think for our band we've always relished the opportunity to try something new with with the idea of being in a band um, and music is definitely a big part of it and every song we try to create our own universe with that song but we're always looking at new media and uh, always new things to keep us excited just for the project of being in a band whether it's artistic and creative would you say that this group is in addition to your band also your like closest friend group oh yeah easily yeah, definitely yeah. Easily. brothers brothers I'm, I'm getting married I'll be the first to get married and these are all my these are my boys here. Yeah. I'm Ladies, glad, he's taken. I'm glad you bring that up. Um, but our keyboard is not. <laughs> we'll give the phone number at the yeah, end of the broadcast. Get on that. Um, Radio land, get on but that. But, you know, when you have your closest group of friends, uh, sometimes things come up, hard times, and, of course, you got to work together to help them out individually, but also to keep the band going. Um, has the host, Battle Hooch, let's say Battle Hooch is the host, okay. has it ever rejected someone's significant other? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Wowzers. Uh, politically, I'd like kind to do of. fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to have, so have to do the fifth on this yeah. one. Yep. So Some yes. names come up. So yes. Uh, a couple yeah. names come up, yeah. and it, they won't be mentioned, What right? a fascinating uh, thing that is, though. And you know what's funny? When you're in the position of the person who's dating that person, you're yeah. like, fuck you guys. Yeah. I like this one. But inside, you're like, if they don't like they're her, probably probably, right. they're probably right. Yeah. But that's interesting because that sort of thing, here, here's why it's interesting. Because sometimes people enter into relationships which change the whole dynamic of their lives. And if you've known a person for your whole life and this new thing is like destroying them or making them less of the fully realized person that they were, you're concerned as a friend and as a bandmate. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And well, it's, I mean, we are super lucky in that, you know, we've, like the people that have significant others now, we've found partners that are that totally understand our passion and our commitment to this band, and they have never been like, "You got it." You know, it's you like haven't it, been jealous of Battle Hooch the host. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been a me or them sort of situation, right? Which which sometimes happens with musicians. And yeah, I mean, I think which we, is legit. Yeah, we all that happens. take the long view, you know, and there might be three months where someone has just got some other project and they're barely there, you know, or they're like there enough but they're maybe not the the person who's like visualizing the future or pulling everyone along, but it kind of moves around. And so, you know, it's, we've all kind of been the person who was maybe distracted. And then we've also been the, the visionary pulling everyone along and there are enough people that it's, you know, we all can take turns and there's always someone who's like got a vision. And so, and that's interesting. You kind of pass the baton off sometimes when someone's having a tough time. We'll go over here and all that. Has this band almost uh, self-destructed? 
No, I don't know. Nah. Not no. too bad. And actually, I would say like not even like we've had tiffs, yeah. flare-ups. Yeah, but but like we're just like you know we're brothers. Like literally, like we'll get in a fight and then like later on that day we'll be like, I'm sorry, dog. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, dude. We're dog. Well, we always work it out. Here's yeah. what here's why it's so difficult because it's your closest friend group and it's also your artistic passion and it's also a huge part of your identity. Mm-hmm. Right. So much of everything in your world is in this project. And when there, a piece is, is malfunctioning, it kind of affects everything else in, in your Certainly. lives. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think people who, who don't have artistic projects understand that. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, mm-hmm. it, if Battle Hooch ceased to exist tomorrow, that would leave huge holes. If the Phoenix Theater burned down tomorrow, that would leave a huge hole in your life and in my life. Let's be careful. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage, right? yeah. I mean, you mean again. Yeah. Again. It's happened, it's happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I would imagine that you've thought about what your lives would be like without Battle Hooch. Whoa. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I thought about destruction, death. Yeah. But I mean, it happened anyway. No, but some, but some yeah. people, okay, so that's, that's your alternative is death and destruction. Yeah. Some people are like, I would, you know, I'd be a plumber, you know, I, or I would be, uh, I'd this be, has been I'd holding be me back from my plumbing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, guys, I, I, I really have a dream of working at the Chase Bank on Mission <laughs> Street at 21st. <laughs> Battle Ooh, Hooch is your job. Plumbing is your passion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to see all of our solo albums, though, with the breakup, the, the triple albums uh, yeah. from some of these dark horses. Okay, another question. Has anyone at the table not pursued another avenue in life because of Battle Hooch? Like, for example, like, I could move to this place and take this job and do this thing, but I don't want to because I love Battle Hooch and I don't want to leave it behind. Huh. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, definitely. I think all of us kind of maybe have done a little bit of that. It's a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice a lot to be in the band. And so everything that we've sacrificed are avenues that we haven't taken. Yeah. I I, I think often about how, especially like kind of going back to what I was saying, it's like there's just not very many people like us out there doing what we do. So there's kind of like this importance. It's like we have to do this, you know, like like the, the... the world needs this, and it's not like a thing that need that is necessarily going to yield immediate results per se. It's like I, I like to think that we're doing this for the ages. You know, it's like we're doing this for people a hundred years from now to find us and be like, oh damn, they were doing it all the way back then. You know, and uh, and th- yeah, that, that, that's that's why at least that's why I keep doing it. And I mean, I just like I think. I mean, not to be like too pretentious, but I think the the universe needs it. You know, it's like <laughs> like there 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 isn't another battle hooch. So we like the more the more songs that we do, the more shows we play, the more it's like the more that we create this universe that can that can be like the the the, the safe space for somebody. You know, like they can go there and listen to it and like and that's kind of the thing that makes me so happy when we go out on the road and we meet people and they hear our band and they go like, oh man. Then I went online and you have like. Concert videos and mu- crazy trippy music videos and you know all this kind of stuff. So there's like a whole universe to like dive into. I think each of us would probably have our own reasons for being in the band if we were asked separately. Um, and for me, it's a choice more than it's a necessity. But it's a choice that I take on just for the existential journey of it, um, willingly and you know, yeah, something I want to do. Yeah, for me, it's so much fun. Like there's not there's nothing more fun than getting up there with you know, five of your best friends and playing music. It's like oh, yeah. the most fun. And then connecting with an audience, um, meeting new people. Greatest highs in the it, world. No, yeah. it, it is. And yeah. we keep going back for more like yeah. every day. Um, yeah. That's what we're all about. Yeah. And uh, that's why I do it. It's like 
what else would I do? Like that, that's <laughs> it. This is it, you know? I'm not in Battle Hooch, but I have my own Battle Hooches. Mm-hmm. And for my Battle Hooches, there's an urgency to it because there will probably be a day when my own Battle Hooches are not able to be a part of my life anymore. You know, things change. Band members die. do other things. They die. Well, good. <laughs> the world changes. I mean, things can change. Things can change in an instant. So for me and for my battle hooches, there's an urgency to that stuff that is in my life because it's like, I just, I'm going to do it until I can't do it anymore because I love it so damn much. You're yeah, here. It's always fun and it's always interesting and there's always like something exciting kind of coming down the pipeline, you know? So it's hard, it's hard to be like, nope. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's always, there's just always something on the horizon, which is very intriguing. Let's say that Battle Hooch, this collection of five or six people was just an individual. Like Battle Hooch, <laughs> was, Battle Hooch was a person. Whoa. Voltron. Okay. So obviously Battle Hooch of 2007, when the band formed, uh, young, zany, wacky, fun, life of the party. Battle Hooch gets a little older, wants to be taken a little bit more seriously. Mm. Here we are in 2016. What's Battle Hooch like, this person? Do we want to hang out with this Battle Hooch? Would this Battle Hooch be <laughs> yeah. a good wow. boyfriend or girlfriend? He's a little bit like Houdini. Happy to please Bring the crowds, up. but looking for that you know, special connection with, with the individual. That's, that's really what matters. With a casual shrug. <laughs> Would any of you want to date Battle Hooch the person? No, no, no. I don't think so. No well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's like da- no, that's I mean, that's dating your, you know, yourself. What's, what's the fun of fun. dating yourself? A lot. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do tell. Because it's like, uh, because it's like number one, sexually. It's like you know exactly what you mm. want. Period. Don't have to instruct at all. Mm. Number two, you know if you're Battle Hooch and you're dating Battle Hooch, you know exactly if Battle Hooch is in a good or a bad mood, and you know exactly how to respond. See, that's so yeah. many like levels of abstraction. Because it's like already, I I do feel like. Like as one per- like I'm one person, but also part of like the I'm one sixth of this entity, this this consciousness. So you're kind of talking about this consciousness, which has multiple consciousness consciousnesses yeah. inside of it, interacting with the same. Th- it's kind of like the eleventh dimension, like you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, different planes of existence, all all potential existences happening simultaneously. It's kind of heavy to... That's what we do on this show, AJ. Wow. But we would all have to be gay to date ourselves, right? Uh, I don't know that you'd have to be necessarily. It could be an ase- it could be yeah. First of all, sexualize Labels, the spectrum. Sir. Sex to spectrum. First yeah, of yeah, all. yeah. And second of all, um, you know what? That's up in the girls' bathroom right now. It says uh, gender is a social construct. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. let's not get hung up on sexuality or gender. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really okay. interesting because there are a lot of different battle hooches. You know, it could be like the best part of each of us, and then the really good person, or it could be like the the <sighs> worst. You know, it's like. You know, we all have different strengths and weaknesses that are complementary, but if it was just like, so there could be six different or, you know, a, a million different versions. Yeah. yeah. yeah Some and, of them would not be pretty. And I know? think what it comes down to and, and kind of what we're doing tonight is it's like happy 10th anniversary, first <laughs> of all. And, it, and it's like, what, what is this entity? And it's like, is it the best of all of you? <laughs> it it would probably be more balanced than any of us individually. Mm-hmm. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe it's all the good yeah. synthesized into one. Actually, yeah. I think that that is probably like at our best. What I think our music works the best when it's like we're able to kind of have have it be like all of our hands, be, like all of us being involved without it being compromised, you know? And I, th- and I think that we've gotten really good at figuring out how to do that, like with 
each year. Okay, so final prompt. Uh, let's say Battle Hooch the person dies in their sleep tonight. Uh, what would you say as a eulogy at the funeral? Oh, so much existential <laughs> layers yeah. to Let's that. <laughs> That's perfect. This is important. Wait, what, what, is, what does David St. Hubbins say at the end of uh, oh, Spinal Tap? He's right. like, here lies Battle Hooch, and why not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good one. Yeah, he lives in you. We are all Battle Hooch. Battle Hooch is forever. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, dude. We're done. done. They're done. We're done, dude. Well, I guess that's the eulogy of Battle Hooch. We kind of eulogized it earlier a little bit, but um, <laughs> but an extremely important thing in all of your lives, uh, integral to your identities, integral to the men that you've become. Yes. And tonight is sort of a, a very weird, but also <laughs> but still a celebration of the fact that you guys have made it ten years in January, and, yeah. I, and yeah. so so truly one hundred percent congratulations on it because very Thank few you. people do anything for 10 years, let alone coexist with six other guys making music that is still pleasing to everybody in the equation. So, I mean, truly 100% congratulations. Thanks, man. Thank Thank you. you. So the interview is concluded, but in just a moment, the shape-shifting Battle Hooch is going to take the stage here and play us all sorts of music. Thank you again for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thanks for the cigars, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys.
Desolate reaches reminds me of beaches when 
秀。